Sims, the man under pressure, he is officially under the desk, and he is plugging in what seems to be a phone charger. Damn, Damn you, it. What are you trying to do? I'm low. On your phone? Yes, that would then be Then why me. don't you plug it into your computer? Your computer has a USB. Ooh. Stop it. Never thought of that. Who am I working with? Chris Sims, football player. Oh my gosh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Week 9 Recap Show. Sims is going to work on getting his phone charged, and if you see his charger, it looks like it's been gnar gnarled by a young little ferret. Uh, and I am very complete with my coffee and M&Ms. Oh, I can hear you getting fatter. If you don't know my trick, you put you put M&Ms at the bottom of your cup, and then you pour the coffee oh in. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that Jeez. sound is me getting chubby. Fat and not shaven. Mm. Oh, by the way. By the way. You wouldn't understand what this is. What? Because this is called a winning beard. Uh. When you go back-to-back -back <laughs> weeks of winning more games in your predictions, you can grow a beard. <laughs> is it only been back-to-back? Back-to-back. <laughs> two, two of them on this week, left go locks. Thought it was, oh, good for you. Thank what you. What would you, uh, you end up with? Your locks, New Orleans. Right. And... Um, uh, what was my other one? Jacksonville? No. No? S nope. Seattle was my loss. Right. Uh, can't remember. Huh. Really excited about it, though. Damn. What uh, you not the Rams. Damn. Damn it. What did you do? Who the heck again? did I pick? What did you do? So this is going to take bat batteries. It was, it was. It was Rams. Yeah, it was Rams. It's going to take batteries out of my computer, though, and charge it this way. No, it's just like it's a current. Is it working? Is it charging? It does. It says it's working. Wow. You've wow. never done that. No. This is the first ever in Chris Sims' life. He is now charging his phone by plugging it into the computer. Hey, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Hey, technology is great. Keep checking in tomorrow. We have an absolutely packed show today. When I say that, I don't think we've ever had more stuff on a show. Are you I serious? Yes. I'm really excited. We are going to use Sims' new power rankings to guide us through the show. We are going to get to the uh, amazing Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to talk about all of the huge fights in the NFL. And at the very end, we are going to have an interview with the... Brosa, Brosa, Joey Bosa, and you have to hear the way that Sim starts this interview. So, of course, subscribe on iTunes, leave us a five star review, keep it coming in. The podcast continues to grow, and we love it. But the interview with Bosa, Sims's first few words, I think, were cock balls shit. Right, just had to let him know, that, you know, free reign here, Joey Brosa, and he he cursed. He did. He, he got a curse in. It's been a long time since we got a guest to curse, so it was great. It was. Uh, let us start now uh, with. Chris Sims's top seven teams in the new power rankings that have just come out. Top seven. And here it is. The Eagles are one. The Patriots remain at two. The Saints are now at three. They've been at three. Yes, they have. The Steelers are at four. So the top four has kind of remained the same. The Los Angeles Rams are number five. The Vikings are six. And the Dallas Cowboys are number seven. So it's very interesting. So first, I want to talk about the number one team. 
The Philadelphia Eagles are 8-1, and one, and the last four times they've started the season 8-1, and one, they have gone to the championship game. 80 and 2004, they went to the Super Bowl. 49 and 60, they went to the championship, and in 60, they won the championship. The old 60 team, who'd they beat? The Packers, right, at the they UPenn did. Stadium? They did. It was right. incredible. Franklin was, Field, I believe right. it was. That is right. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Tell me why they're not going to the Super Bowl, because I believe they are. <laughs> uh, I believe they are too. They, they're wow. Cl- they're well at this point, week nine. They're clearly the best team in football, and I think the most encouraging thing, if you're an Eagles fan or if you're a Lepko or anybody else out there, <laughs> is they're clear. They're getting better. I think that's the thing that's most impressive to me. The last few weeks, you know, you guys went through a stretch there, weeks three, four, five. Where, okay, you were winning games, but I wasn't turning off the film going, oh, wow, this is really some good stuff I'm watching. You guys were just physically beating people up, and Carson Wentz is making a few plays. But the offense has grown, Left go. I don't know what you do right now. They got it all going. They really do. It's not only just... You watched uh, the film. What did you see? It's it just the offense is the unbalanced lines, the different formations, the different ways they attack you. Uh, it just continues to grow week after week. And what they've done, not only with Wentz, and then, of course, the great physicality you have with the offensive line, is they put defenses in a bind. A defense like Denver, which I know <sighs> they got their ass whooped yesterday, is still one of the best defenses in football. But the problem is... A defense like Denver can't attack the way it wants to attack when you have to play this Eagles offense because they're scared to do crazy things up front. I know it's a long answer. So I'm no, not, please. But they're scared to do crazy things up front because they go, well, we want to be gap sound for the power run game. Uh, you can't just pin yours back in obvious pass rushing situations because Wentz will move the pocket or he'll escape the pocket naturally. I thought the first touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey was the perfect example of this Eagles offense. Yeah. They do a fake draw to Ajayi, right. and Von Miller stays there. Yep. Carson Wentz steps at him. Akeem Dalib steps up, and then Wentz just throws it over his yes. head. Chris RPO. Harris Jr. said it was a college offense. Yes. But I think he said it's somewhat complimentary. Right. You don't know what to defend, and everyone thought it was going to be an insult. But this Eagles offense and Doug Peterson, I just think it's funny. Yes. The three most developed offenses in the NFL, Philadelphia, Kansas City, and the LA Rams, yeah. all are college offenses. <laughs> hey, Take a note, NFL. Right. You can take playbooks from other places. Right. And I, I think your offense is better than Kansas City. I really. think so, too. Uh, and, of course, because of Wentz. But, yeah, it's the some of the things that you can do off that. You really you neutralize a defense. And I thought the you game— You texted me. I thought the game—well, because, like, as I'm watching— I mean, the Eagles are fun. The Eagles, I like watching teams that are physical to begin with. You know that. I yes. get man crushes on those type of teams. So I love watching your O-line whoop the shit out of people. I love watching Fletcher Cox just run over people. And now you've gotten, you know, pizzazz and the other aspect of it with the creativity on the offense. And I thought it was an ass-whooping on TV. I mean, of course it was. But TV didn't really do it justice. When I turned the film up, it was an ass whooping from play one. Who was the biggest ass whooper? I mean, take a name, get in line. It doesn't matter. They had no fucking chance at any point in the game. When they went down and scored the field goal in the first drive of the game, I mean, it took three miracles for them to get down there. They they got dominated every play. Osweiler was hit every play. You collapse the pocket every play. Your corners are the surprise of the team, right? Rasul Douglas, Jalen Mills, and then my man, Patrick Robinson. Robinson's the one that's playing. We talked about in preseason and training camp that he might not make the team. Mm -hmm. 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and of course, they have gotten confidence now throughout the year, and your D-line doesn't Ugh. let them be in too many bad situations for too long Never. because you always get pressure. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin, really. It was just a truly dominant. I've never seen anybody whoop Denver like that. That's what I want to say. Sunshine, Nolens, Parker, Lefko finally jumping on the Eagles bandwagon now that they're 8-1. and one. Sims has been there the whole That's time. That's right. Tell them. That's right, baby. Uh, you look, we, we've talked about it many times. It's scary as Eagles fan. Also, we did not expect much of a Jai, who, when I asked my dad, my dad goes, hey, uh, hey Adam, uh, how good is this Jay JJ? And I was like, who? He goes, Jay JJ. How good is he? I go, it's Jay Ajayi. And I thought back, remember, you couldn't say Jay Ajayi no. for anything. <laughs> no. But for him to do that, I mean, he looked, did he fulfill this Eagles offense like you thought he would? I think he did. I, I think the, the first thing I wrote, because I wrote this down somewhere, I wanted you to make sure because I knew you would like it. But, uh, man, where did I write? Either way, I, I just, right away, he popped. He, he, when he got the first carry of the game, I just said, wow, that's a different guy at running back. His explosive acceleration makes him different than anybody else you got in your backfield. Mm. Now, like as you see, he's got a little gimp in his run, like in the long touchdown run. The knee is not going to – I mean, Jay Ajayi, if you're an Eagles fan, ride him hard for two years. He's probably not going to have a real long career, but he's going to be awesome for you right now. you got road graders up front. Um, I mean, hey, Kelsey's one of the top centers in the game. You know I love Brandon Brooks. Holly, Vali, Vati, Puti, Vaitai. Holly, Puli, Vali, Vaitai. He is very good. He yes. was solid. And Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson was amazing. Lane Johnson was truly amazing. Now, what what is it? The back? Butt? Who? Lane Johnson got hurt in the game. He came out. I think he's going to be okay, though. Yeah, he, it, he looked like he just pulled his back muscle. Yeah, I thought it was He was back. doing this. It was back. So, yeah, he got a little bent out of shape, but it really wasn't bad. So, I don't think that's anything concerning. Uh, but you're the best team in football, Fco, And that's... It's... You know, again, we'll, we'll see where that is in December and January, but right now I, I, you firmly have that spot. Quickly, yeah. uh, Broncos quarterback, yeah. Brock Osweiler starting again. Right move? Uh, it is the right move. I think the, the big thing is, first of all, it wasn't Brock Osweiler's fault, and you don't want to throw out uh, – I'm not going to throw out Paxton Lynch and go, hey, here you go, first start ever or second start ever in NFL history. Go ahead and play the New England Patriots. Try to keep pace with Tom Brady. This, you know, There's no chance. At least Osweiler's been there. They didn't lose the game because of Osweiler. Listen, he threw a stupid interception. There's no doubt about that. But, damn, I checked the rule book. The Broncos can protect hmm. the quarterback. It's, it's not against the rules. Uh, so I would. I would do it one more week for sure. Pax is just getting into the swing of yeah. things, being healthy. So and you're I would, not going back to Simeon. No, de- definitely not. It's you, you, you have, almost said never. No, I mean definitely not at this point. You're you're going Osweiler. If Osweiler fails, at some point you got to see what Pax and Lynch has, regardless, anyways. And Will Farrell is saying that I should baptize Ajayi mm-hmm. because you know there's all those bad rumors that oh man he's not a team player, he's not a good guy. Every NFL team is going to badmouth a guy that they trade for a fourth round pick to so their fan base doesn't think he's bad. Yeah. Jay Ajayi, I give you the mush blessing. You are now a good Samaritan, and all of a sudden Carson Wentz shall bring you to the good. Nobody side. in the Dolphins locker room didn't like Jay Ajayi. So again, that that's like NFL propaganda. You can't always like hear that stuff. Oh, he's a bad locker room guy. The the Dolphins coaches were the ones saying that. You can't you can't listen to the coaches sometimes. No, ever. Yeah. Uh, so the question now is: When you looked at the team that were on your power rankings, mm-hmm. I realized that five of the top seven were all in the NFC. Yeah, it's not even and close. And all five of those teams, Chris Sims, right. are on a little bit of a winning streak right now. 
So I want to take a look at these teams. I want you to tell me who is the biggest competition. Eagles are on a seven-game winning streak. Saints are on a six-game winning streak. Vikings are on a four-game winning streak. And the Rams and Cowboys are both on a three-game winning streak. The only streak not listed that's up there, the Patriots have also won four in a row. Of these four other teams, Saints, Vikings, Rams, and Cowboys, who do you think is the biggest competition for the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC? Yeah. To, uh, the NFC is clearly the better conference. It's not even close. That's I mean, crazy. Just, you know, yeah. Just just look at the matchups head to head. I mean, really, it's it's not even close. Look at the Patriots. They're they're two lo- I mean, they got two losses against the NFC South. Yeah. So uh, who's the biggest competition for the Eagles? It's two teams I look at: the Saints and the Cowboys. It's one of those. Start two. with the Saints because they've won six in a row. Yeah, the Saints can. The Saints are a lot like your team. They can physically whoop people up front, and it's hard to get your head around that because we're so used to the greatest show on turf type of team and yeah. throwing the ball all around. For You've 5, always. Yards said if the Saints could ever get their defensive ranking around 15th, they'd be good. They're dangerous. And they're finally doing it. Yeah, they they got a really good... How uh, do you think they match up with the Eagles? They match up very well because you're not going to be able to just overpower the Saints and your D-line's not going to overpower the Saints. Like, you know, hey, their first round picks, the Ramchek and Andrews Pete... Uh, and you know Max Unger at center, they they they're trading for him from Seattle. That's paying off. I mean they're they're a legit group mm-hmm. up there. They open up holes every week. I don't care who it is. And then of course they have the pass game we know off that to make it dangerous for you guys to where. Yeah, I mean, your secondary could be compromised a few times in that game because you're not going to always get pressure, and then you switch the ball around. Hey, you guys will be able to move the ball on them too, but you're not just going to be able to physically move them out of the way on a regular basis either. It'll be a very even matchup. Next one. Cowboys. This means a lot to the Eagles. Yeah. They're already saying, we want the Cowboys in Philadelphia. Right. And look, they play in two weeks after the bye. Right. How do you think the Cowboys and the Eagles match up? Really, uh, you guys are like a little bit better version of them. In my eyes, mm. I think your defense is a little better. It's a little more creative and well coached. Same with your offense. Now, your D line can get neutralized by them. Not mm. to say you're going to get beat by them, but it can get neutralized once again. And Dak Prescott's phenomenal, and they can put you in a bind. But I do think you match up better with the Cowboys than you do the Saints. Interesting. Slightly. So if you made me pick one, I'm going to go with the Saints only because. Those things we talked about equally, then I just go down to, okay, what's the scheme that's harder to break down? And I just go, the Eagles will have a harder time with the Saints scheme, I think, than the Dallas scheme, which is based on, hey, we're going to run it here, we're going to run it here, Dak's going to make a few throws, we're going to run a bootleg so you can't crash on the run here, run here, run here. And, you know, that that's easier to defend than... You know, Drew Brees and all the things they can do on the offensive side of the ball. All right, so the two biggest threats, it seems, for the Eagles at this point, the Saints and the Cowboys. By the way, Cowboys, that Tyreek Hill play at the end of the half, I've always wanted someone when when teams play that far back to set it up, and Tyreek Hill was just the perfect punt returner to get behind that. Where were you when that happened? Oh, I was yelling. I was I was yelling. We were, everyone here at Bleach Report was standing on the tables high-fiving each other. Not because we don't like the Cowboys, because it was so cool to see. Yeah, that was amazing. And a lot of people had Tyreek Hill in their fantasy teams. Well, I I mean, again, yeah, I mean, he's probably the only guy in football, him and Odell Beckham Jr., that could actually pull that off right there. I mean, to be able to, like, hop like a four-year-old and then, you know, restart and outrun a guy like Orlando Skandrick and then cut it up and then hop again and then restart again. He's amazing that way. I got concerns about the Chiefs, though. Man, for, for real concerns. The Chiefs are, they're, hey, they've lost three out of the last four. Um, they're de- out of the upper echelon teams. Yeah, out of the upper echelon teams, they have two things that would concern me. Their defense is horrible, 
and out of the upper echelon teams, they have the worst quarterback. And they're not creating the plays like we saw last year, right? Yes. And you're right. I mean, the defense is bad, plain and simple. And you could see when their trickery, dickery, dock and bullshit doesn't work. Yes. Can they beat you the traditional way? And we've seen them, the Cowboys, they take away the speed sweeps. They take away cream hunt type runs. Can Alex Smith drop back and beat you? Same thing we saw in the Steelers game, right? Same thing. They took away all the crap, and then can you just beat them the traditional way? I don't know that about the Chiefs. I agree yet. with Deke De Silva. Give Hunt the ball. Yeah, that's why stupid. is Sharkandrick West in the game so much? I don't get it. Keep him in there. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on one team before we keep going. By the way, in a little bit, Sims is going to have some news that he's actually going to kind of break right here involving Colin Kaepernick and Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be awesome. You need to trust me on that. Rams came out and beat the crap out of them. They were one of the two teams you didn't say that were a big threat to the Eagles. Yeah, Rams. I know it was a slow Giants team, right? But the big plays, Gurley, that offense after a bye, no signs of slowing down for Jared Goff in that offense. No. Uh, McVay is a genius. He's the hottest play caller in the game right now. Plain and simple. I mean, how many silver platter throws? You know, I-, I call them silver platter throws. Now, that throw by Goff to, to Watkins was a very good throw. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not taking anything Some from Goff. Some people are going to say, though, that it's insulting that you say it's easy throws for Goff. Yeah, well, I mean, Watkins was open by 15 yards. I mean, he's supposed to fucking hit that, okay? So, again, I'm not taking anything from Goff. Goff was very good. I'm just talking about the offense is what the most amazing thing is with the Rams. I mean, come on, it's third and 33. He threw a screen to a receiver, and he goes untouched for a 51-yard touchdown. I got breaking news. Bleacher Report app. What? Mike Mike Evans suspended one game for cheap shot versus Saints. A.J. Green not suspended. What? I have Mike Evans on my fantasy team and A.J. Green. Look, so we're going to – you know what? Can we jump ahead to that, Canvas? Are you guys ready for that? All right, let's jump ahead to that. What were we just talking about? We were talking about the Eagles and all that stuff. Um, Let's go to that because this just happened. What did you think about the Mike Evans and uh, Marshawn Lattimore and the Jameis Winston thing? Jameis Winston just got his receiver suspended. Yeah, he, for pushing Marshawn Lattimore in the well, back. Well, that's of the head. a bad look by him. What, what the hell are you doing? You're getting your ass whooped. Your shoulders hurt. You're not playing. Just stay on the sideline and be quiet. Okay, that's what. So there's a problem with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans, though, he's still a grown man and he can control his emotions. That was, I mean, that was the, one of the cheapest crap I've ever seen. Uh, Sean Plain Payton said after the said during the game I was happening. That's fucking chicken shit. No, that's that, direct. That's quote. it's it's absolutely horrible. And really, to be suspended one game, I don't think that's even right. It should have been at least two. That's ridiculous. He got involved out of nowhere, cheap shot at a guy. You could ruin the guy's season by he, the way he you hit You could have him. ruined his life. I know. He cleaned him out. And then this to me is this was the worst Sunday that Jameis Winston has had. Right. His pregame speech was finger awful. Licking, finger licking. What, finger what did you licking. think of that? I thought that's what he was doing. I thought he was about to go like finger licking. Did finger you see the, the faces of all the teammates? I didn't even regurgitate it all the way. But He geez. looked so dumb. Yeah. And then he's out there pushing Lattimore in the back of the head, mm-hmm. instigating that. Yeah. And then after the game, he said, oh, Evans was just protecting his quarterback. Yeah. I am officially, I'm officially turning in my Jameis Winston is one of the future young quarterbacks in the NFL that's going to be best. And I am saying from now on, this is my, I am officially saying I was wrong and I don't think he's the guy anymore. And I think that all of this was an act and I fell hook, line and sinker for it. And I don't see 
any of the talent. I don't see the composure. And I also don't believe that this team believes he's the leader anymore. And what he did, I'm just saying, I'm reading what I saw yesterday. I am out on Jameis Winston being a future quarterback, franchise quarterback in the NFL. I know that I'm going harsh. Yeah. But I believe that what I've seen thus far this season, it ain't all dirt cutter. No. It's a lot of dumb plays every week by oh, the guy. And what I saw mm-hmm. from him collective yesterday, I think I've been read, I've been falling victim to a really good sermon and now I'm realizing that no one's listening to that shit anymore. Yeah, he certainly has flaws uh, as a person and on the field and off the field. He does, no doubt about it. Um, and he is maturing to do both uh, on the field with decision-making. Haven't seen a single maturing yet. Off the field, what he's doing, yeah, all, all of those things. I'm not going to say I'm off the bandwagon, all that, but right I'll now it. it is not a good look. Um, I'm very surprised, though. From all, Did you have something else to say there? No, go ahead. A.J. Green not suspended. I don't. I mean, he threw seven haymakers and tackled Jalen Ramsey from behind. And they and they ejected Jalen Ramsey first. That, that that I hate that crap. The the, the the referees. Like, come on, Jalen Ramsey pushed him in the back. He didn't even fall down. He went to like a barely a knee and put his hand down. And then he dragged Jalen Ramsey down in a chokehold and then threw haymakers on him. So I had canvasser. Make us a tail of the tape graphic. Right. If Jalen Ramsey and AJ Green were to actually fight, AJ is six four two eleven. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey is six one two oh nine, and Green has him by an inch in the reach. Right. After the game, Jalen Ramsey had to be pulled away by the sheriffs because he was in the visitors' locker room yelling for AJ Green. Yeah, you know their personalities. Yeah, if they actually fought, AJ Green, Jalen Ramsey, who you betting money on? Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's a kill. I I love Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, you know why you know why AJ Green did that to him? Because he couldn't get open against Jalen Ramsey. You watch the film, right? Yeah. Jalen does this to everybody. He gets underneath everybody's skin. Why do you think DeAndre Hopkins hates him? Antonio Brown hated him when they played him earlier this year. Jalen is a mind manipulator along with being an island corner. He's the best corner in the game right now. And, yeah, A.J. didn't like it because Jalen shuts you down. He lets you know it. He stares at you. He talks shit. And you know who else does that? Marshawn Lattimore. Because they're freaks of nature. And they're In so the most confident. respectful of way. Yes. Because they're long, they're fast, and for corners, they're not afraid to throw their body around. Mm. I love corners like that. It's like old school Raiders, Lester the Molester kind of shit. I yes. love it. Yes. Lester Hayes. Yes. Uh, so... What man? What did you think of that whole AJ Green thing, though? I mean, I just I, I was, couldn't believe Ramsey did got kicked out. Yeah, that was ridiculous, truly ridiculous, uh, and that was chicken shit by AJ Green too. That was that was your example of two diva receivers who weren't getting having success. They're frustrated with their matchup, and they took it out on in a cheap way. That would be the definition of diva receiver. Anything from the Carlos High to San Redick Frosty Rucker you know, fight. I mean, hey, that was that great. That was the third fight. Three fights yeah. in the NFL. I was kind of watching a little bit live as it happened. I mean, I couldn't, you know, again, Carlos was just sticking up for It was just for a Beathard. lot of reactions. A lot of reactions. It wasn't the other two. No, the other it was two not. were violent. That one was sort of like the refs were just trying to get a handle on it. Right. That. And again, you know, CJ Beathard, he slid. Maybe the guy could have avoided mm. his head, but it was a very late slide again. Like I think we got to stop yelling at these defenders when they're coming in to make a tackle, and as they're going like this to tackle, the guy slides. Like that's almost impossible. Yeah, and then Jeff Conrad he says, "Who punches a helmet anyway?" Yeah, right. I know. I actually have an out of left go field. One, who's punching helmets? But two, why when I'm watching NFL games do I see teammates headbutt each other? 
all these guys are told through these concussion things is it's the small contacts that can lead to CETE. And then a touchdown, I'm watching Tom Brady go, poof, poof, poof. Oof. And every time I go, why are you doing that? Yeah, it's how it's, many times have we told you guys not to bang your heads? Yeah, well, they're meat. We're meathead football players, Lefko. I mean, you can't tell us that anything. I mean, we, you know, we, your whole lives, you guys are like, I love you. Yeah, and you just think you're indestructible. You ever had your wife been like, Happy anniversary? Call no, up. but I'm telling you, no. Sean Moreno had butted me before a game so hard in months. I swear, I was like, damn, I think he can cuss me in pregame warmups. Um, Remember his cry? Between his that, headbutting, and then, you know, like you said, if you make a good play and people slapping you on yeah. the head, oh my gosh, you're right. You, you'll, you will. You'll have a headache. We were very disappointed in Mike Evans and Jalen Ramsey. They didn't set the bar. There are certain players that don't just set the bar, they are the bar. And each week we try and pick two guys that we think really owned it. Set the bar, wore the bar. Sims, where are you going? I'm going with your quarterback, Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz is the bar right now in the NFL. He said it, he is it, whatever you want to say. He's forward tough to add on to that. Uh, He's the best quarterback in the game right now. He's the best offensive player in football right now. And again, four touchdowns. Hey, the stats might not look all that great, right? He only threw for, what, 199 yards. It's the pressure he puts on the defense with all the different things he can do. It simplifies defenses and then makes this offense even that much more dangerous. And you get in the red zone, Wentz is almost like Aaron Rodgers because you go, "Uh uh-oh, he's going to run for a touchdown. Oh, he pulled up and threw a touchdown behind me. He's almost unstoppable from that standpoint. And man, that little flick over oh. there with the option. I mean, that he the kid has a special hand. I wrote that in my notes. A special hand and wrist. He can just flick it like a special quarterback, like a Rodgers. I can't believe he's our quarterback. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, I am going to go with someone who is also part of a very big winning streak. Six games in a row. You're stealing my F- guy. Who's your guy? I know you're stealing him. Do you know who it is? Yeah. Well, every single game he's improved, Alvin Kamara. He can't be your guy because he's my fantasy son, and I've been riding him like a workhorse. (laughs) Six catches, 84 yards, 10 carries, 68 yards. Every single time he touches the ball, it is an impact play. If you didn't see his long touchdown yesterday, Mm -hmm. it was a sight to behold. Alvin Kamara is the future of the New Orleans Saints. You said around the draft that he was the perfect running back for Sean Payton's offense, and it is coming to fruition with him and Ingram that offense has gained new life and he can do anything out there. He is one of the future running backs. He is the new mold. He is in my mind the next Brian Westbrook and he has a similar body type. He's only to get it better and Alvin Kamara wasn't just setting the bar. He was the bar for the New Orleans seats in week 9. New Orleans seats? The New York, good old New Orleans seats, but uh, he. Russ is. Johnson says these guys bandwagon the Eagles so hard. Woo! They're eight and one. <laughs> it's not bandwagoning when they've been kicking ass, and we've been saying they're great. And I've been saying Carson Wentz is a top five quarterback for the last six weeks. Yeah, no, you're you're all over it, and yeah, that's just a simple fact of it. And to get to your Kamara thing, yeah, it's not going to stop. I mean, that's a great pick by you. Oh, excuse me. Ew. I was burping. It's so yeah, but it's like at this time, like I swear to gosh, it's like thirty-two minutes. You bur- you like eat your own barf. Well, I just I just had you're Chipotle. like a snake. Ew. But regardless, um, the thing about Kamara, the offense. This is what's amazing about him, and I know we've talked about this. The offense is based around Kamara. I mean, he is truly 
what they he is their jack of all trades and they design the plays for Kamara. It just speaks to so much of what he is as a player. Yeah, uh, Brendan Henderson said, "Whoa, Lefko, let's see another season. Sophomore slump is a real thing for sure." I'm just saying he has all the tools you look for in a runner. He always gets like six yards a carry on yep. like a, a normal just run up the middle, and then all to the outside. He's fantastic. Let's pull up the next seven of your power rankings okay. because this is really the meat and potatoes of the playoff run. You have the Panthers at 8, the Jaguars at 9, the Chiefs at 10, and they've fallen from the top 5, Washington at 11, the Bills at 12, even though they lost on Thursday night, the Titans at 13, and the Seahawks at 14. You feel a little vindicated with the Seahawks? Yes, I do. I mean, I was sitting there because I picked the Seahawks to win, and I wanted to be right. I, th- I thought the Redskins would play Tommy close. Olsen says, Seahawks at 14? Listen, you had the Seahawks at 18. Everyone else had them top five, and you're still not ready to put well, them up there. Well, tell me, who was it, Tommy? Is What did you say who it was? Is that who it was? Uh, Tommy Olsen, to yes. Tommy, well, what do you see about the Seahawks? Did you think that they're one? Of, they're above that? I mean, they have one quality win, the, the Rams, in a game they got dominated in and won. I mean, a game they're... The Rams turn the ball over five times, and Cooper Cup catches a touchdown pass. They lose. You know, they've beaten the worst teams in football, including the Texans. It's one Colts, of the worst defense. 49ers. Giants. Giants. Texans. The Texans' defense stinks. Now, it was a shootout, and it was a great game. This is not the same Seahawks team. This was the Washington Redskins who were missing half their team on the home field. The plain and simple... They're definitely not one of the six best teams in the NFC. So, yeah, to answer your question, I was I wanted them to win because I picked the Seahawks. Yeah. But, I, I, yes, as soon as they lost, I said, well, maybe now people will start to believe me that this team is not the old Seahawks. The one team that you have been – you so you've always been a little bit more down the Seahawks, and you've always been higher than the Panthers, and you have them at eight, and yeah. they made you look good. But you got to be honest, I kind of got you on this pick. Let's yeah. take a look at yeah. how we predicted yep. the Panthers and the Falcons. on the Carolina Panthers. And you might be thinking, Adam, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, what the hell? And you could take Atlanta and actually get a point. This is the first NFC South game for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. And divisional games are different. And they haven't felt that yet. The other thing, I trust Carolina's defense immensely. Come on, you've been rushing me already. Wow, I'm so excited. Yep, so this is our Talk big Talk about it. Yeah. So uh, do you uh, you disagree with me? Do you, like, uh, yeah, I mean. Do that again. I don't know what that. I can't make a falcon noise. I'm not good at that one. Uh, I think Atlanta's still a good football team. I just don't think they're the team last year, but they're still good, and I'm going to pick them. And that is my question for you. Do you still think they're a good football team? They're, no. You know, what, you know what's even worse about it? Because I just watched that film. I mean, they got their ass whooped. Even I when so. I, even you when came it, in today and said the Falcons were the better team. I said, I don't know, when man. It, when, even when they were up 10 nothing, it was still getting their ass whooped. It was just they have a few good players that made some plays that helped them. And then, of course, Jonathan Stewart fumbled twice as the Panthers yes. were driving down. But, yes, I don't know why. I mean, I'm trying to watch a lot of games, but as I was watching, I kept thinking, oh, Falcons look like they're in control of the game. Well, you know, that's why you can't always go by TV. Because when I turned on the film this afternoon, at no point were they controlling the football game. At zero point. If they were losing the battle on both sides of the ball from the very start, it's just Matt Ryan and Julio made a few plays. Devontae broke one run. Tevin uh, Coleman had the te- one touchdown. Yes, exactly. How much do you put on Julio for that drop? Because that was the image that we all saw. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, he, he, 
catches that ball, you know, 999 times out of 1,000. It's just one of those weird instances. Uh, but I am a believer in Carolina. You know that. Yeah, I did. I thought yeah, the Falcons the were gonna, Yeah, I thought the Falcons were going to make it tough. I really did and I was obviously wrong. There's there's no denying that. The Panthers that was this is what I would like to say about yeah. the Panthers. I mean, we know their defense, like you said in your little clip. The defense is awesome. And the D-line is like, I even wrote, they're like Philadelphia, just slightly less. K-1 Short, Julius Peppers. Star Lota Lele, oh, so Mario Addison. Uh, I mean, you know, the kid they drafted, Vernon Butler in the first is round. Is he showing up? Yeah, he comes off the bench. I mean, he's the, side, the guy that spells it. So they're deep on the front. Keekly, I wrote in my notes, and you might want to, you're going to like this probably, but I wrote, is Keekly in the huddle? I just wanted to know because I, I he sw- just knows the plays. Holy f- f- crap! I mean, some of the plays they're running a screen to the receivers outside. He's running there before they snap the ball. He knows it's coming. So he has reached the Zach Thomas level. Yeah, for me, right? You remember my story? Yeah, about you always talk about how Zach Thomas predicted the plays, and you be in the huddle, go, you be like at the line. I've been in the line about to give the ball, and he'd be like, "They're going here," and I'd be like, "Holy shit, we are going there!" So, and, so you think that Keekley has reached that level? It's unbelievable. There is nothing better than a middle linebacker that reaches the perfect mix of athleticism and intelligence. Ray. Lewis was able to do it for three years. Yeah, yeah. But it's eventually going to go away, right. athleticism, and you're going to be able to read, but you won't be able to do it. But Keekley's in that window. Oh and then you also gosh. have Thomas Davis, who I imagine does it's it as not, well. He's just, he's, if he didn't have Keekley on his team, you'd be going, oh, wow, he's pretty awesome at that. I think that. people are still sleeping on Carolina. They are. Well, Carolina is the all-get-off-the-bus team. I mean, again, you know, a lot, like, a lot of these NFC teams, these NFC teams are all built on size and physicality, and I think that's where the AFC is different. It's a little bit more on speed, and right. we're going to throw the ball and all that. Like, the NFC teams get off the bus, and there was a fight. You know, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Saints, the Eagles, they'd whoop the shit out of people. I want to make one more point about it, just to, because I think this is a huge point. This is what jumped out to me about the game. It's it's go time with Cam Newton. I was going to ask about Cam. No more. You can't like what they did yesterday is what they got to do going forward. They can't go like oh we got to save his body for the playoffs or week sixteen matchups. No, use him like a Mack truck. They got to use him now. The window is now. The Super Bowl can be had. They can win the Super Bowl this year. The Carolina Panthers with that defense and the offensive line playing pretty good and Cam's going to make plays if they are willing to run him like they did. It makes everything on their offense better. And then it becomes oh shit what do we defend because it's McCaffrey going wet and white. Curtis Samuel Stewart up the middle oh Cam's kept it how and was it with no Kelvin that that would be the last thing I wrote I wrote what did I, here I'm gonna this is the last run maybe they felt Cam locked on to Benjamin too much Cam was smarter and less aggressive in this game that's what I said good thing interesting yes. It's no. going to be interesting to watch because the Eagles-Panthers game was a lot closer than we think about it now. Oh, yeah, we think the definitely. Eagles winning. Right. Cam diving in the end zone right. and all that. The, the tip fu- pass in the end. Jonathan Stewart dropped a screen pass in his hands. Remember yes. that? And it got intercepted. It was a very close game. I'm going to be enjoying betting on Carolina because people love to bet against Cam Newton. Guess, it, is that just, what it is? He just upsets people. Yeah. And they scored three points against Chicago. and that it, oh, It's his fault. I can't understand us. <laughs> um, all right, so we were talking before... And I, I want to show this clip. I know there was a fight in Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and you would have known it was going to come if you watched our pick show on Thursday. Here's our preview. I think this is the week that the Jaguars really come out there and go, we're not going to keep winning and losing and winning and losing. We got this. Yeah, uh, they have a Jalen Ramsey who can play oh A.J. My Green. Gosh, he's perfect. This that, is like You're right, though. This is gonna, these two teams are going to kill each it's other. It's going to be great. Yeah. 
And they did kill each other. They did. But the one thing I did say in that was, I'm excited for Fournette to face Perfect. Yeah. And then Fournette doesn't play because he apparently missed a team photo. He apparently had another other things that he was late for. What did you think about Doug Marone sitting out his star running back and still getting the win? But first, sitting Leonard Fournette. Yeah, that's why they're 5-3, and because there's a new sheriff in town, and it's no longer... You know, it's no longer like, oh, we're just going to placate to our stars, whatever. It's 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 Marone and Coughlin. They don't take shit from anybody. They don't give a damn if you're the best running back in football or the best player on their team. I'm disappointed in Fournette that he did that, but they're setting an example and they're going to show you. And and that's what I mean. Again, the way they played yesterday, they're just tough. They. Again, I mean, they're doing this without Fournette, so that means that not all of this is because no, of Fournette. No, Nathaniel Hackett deserves unbelievable credit for what mm. he's doing on the offense. Blake Bortles is is playing better than he's ever played, but by no stretch of the imagination is it like wowing oh, or no, great. No, no. I, I said this yesterday. I mean, they are just rolling them out and giving them one option, right. and you either take it, you run it, or throw it away. Right. Or they but clear them out and they run a shallow open. cross. Because they put you in a bind because of their physicality. And teams are worried about the run, and then they have speed and receivers on the outside. Just to funny. I thought their line was going to stink. Oh, it's it's physical, and this is the last thing I'll say because I watched this on film on the train in, and again, it was one of those things where on TV it looked like, of course, Jacksonville won the battle. When I watched the film, they didn't just win the battle; they fucking killed this Bengals. They did. The Bengals, I think, by the fourth drive of the game, knew they were like, "We're not gonna, we're not gonna move the ball the rest of the day." And and um, last thing with last yeah. thing with them, this is one thing I just kind of figured out about the Jaguars. The Jaguars, why their run defense is so bad? They play eight people at the line of scrimmage, and they really think, okay, we got eight at the line of scrimmage. The team is going to try to pass. They're not surely going to try to run the ball into this eight man front. And because of that, they play an eight man front, but they do like passing schemes up front with their defensive line. You've always said they stunt they too stunt. much. They stunt too much. That's why they get gashed in the run game, but I think they're just going, you know what? Go ahead. We're going to be aggressive up front. We're going to make it look like we're here to stop the run, but we're really playing pass defense. Just a little note. It's, it is really fun to watch the Jaguars start to hit this stride and to reach the potential that we've been waiting to see for a long time. Uh, and then Will Farrell's asking, does Sims have goggle marks from tanning? Sims does not tan. No. Sims, I, I would be afraid if you tanned. No, I think I'm you definitely. would turn into a, a Jersey tomato. I might just be tired. I don't know. But uh, the Jaguars, I was like, oh, no, I put $100 on them and Leonard Fournette's out. Doesn't matter. Doesn't man. matter. No, Unreal. They're, 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 they got it going. Jaguars, I'll say it. I mean, what did I rank them at? What did I you put had them, them at nine. Nine. Jaguars get in the playoffs. Watch out. The Jaguars could go up to New England and beat the New England Patriots. Yeah, they could do it. Because they're going to run the ball, and they got the defense to match up and be make things real freaking hectic You're for Brady. Me that Bortles could beat Brady in the playoffs. Well, it ain't going to be Bortles, but <laughs> yes, I mean technically it will be Bortles. But yes, the this Jaguars team, this could be 2015 Broncos. This could be 2000 Ravens. This could be 2013 Seahawks. Where this year, this year, if they get in the playoffs, I would be real scared about playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. They can make the game ugly, and their defense can make plays and almost win it by themselves. You heard it here first. Yeah. The Jaguars could be winning the Super Bowl. Uh, speaking of the AFC South, which yeah. it's really Jaguars-Titans, and then we'll see what the hell happens with the Texans. Um, there was some news. Did you see this? The Texans were weighing the possibility of Kaepernick. Huh. 
They were they were talking about it. There's no way. You, there's no freaking way in the state of Texas with Bob McNair, who just shut, you know sent one of the inmates out of the uh, asylum because he was talking prison prison yeah to the prison. Sorry, uh, there's no way. That's that is all propaganda bullshit talk. There's no way. Uh, however, you do have some interesting take. Yeah. When the Cincinnati Bengals news came down with the AJ AJ McCarron trade not working out with Cleveland, right? You're actually hearing that it put some other things, it slowed down some other workings, which we heard Colin Kaepernick's, was it, lawyer? Yeah. Come out and said he's going to be on a team in 10 days. You're hearing that it was going to be Cincinnati. Yeah. I am, uh, I... I know I, I don't know like so I've heard this on good accord right I don't I this is not like a definite whatever but I of course know people around the NFL yes from what I've heard and been told that that was the move the Bengals were thinking of making AJ McCarron was going to get traded to the Cleveland Browns which by the way Hugh Jackson wanted and it sounds like the front office sabotaged the trade even though Sashi Brown denies yeah, it yeah but I, I I don't buy it who knows what's going on there but yes I think the the Cincinnati Bengals were going to get rid of McCarron and they were going to bring in Colin Kaepernick to be the backup quarterback and it makes a lot of sense and like I said I heard this from somebody that of course knows a lot of stuff in football but uh, I mean we know Marvin Lewis he takes chances on these type of guys. Uh, and, and I don't want to equate what Colin Kaepernick is doing to other guys that Marvin Lewis has taken with troubled past. No, no, I, I mean just saying by thing. guys that he doesn't care what the public thinks about the players. He's gotcha. just going to go, I, I like this guy, I'm bringing him on my football team. And then yeah, you take into the account that the lawyer was pretty definitive that Seemed he's going to be signed in 10 days. I don't think the lawyer was just trying to say crap to start it. Uh, yes, I've heard that that was really the move on the radar. But the and You've heard this from people inside the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, but the the inability to pull off the trade was, uh, of course, ruined all that. What would it have been like if Colin Kaepernick got signed by the Bengals? What do you think it would have been like for Cincinnati, Ooh. just from a football perspective? Oh, I you know, I mean, I, honestly, you know, I don't think he would have played right away, but I think you would have seen him in the game starting at some point before this year's year was over. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, he could help that offense out. That offense just lacks. You know, it's not a creative offense, and then it just lacks. You know, really playmaking ability at this time. And Kaepernick, as we saw last year in a crappy offense, he yeah. can make some plays by himself. Do you think there's any chance that that can still happen? <sighs> I, hmm, I don't know. I mean, I do think they're the team that would do it. I mean, like I said, but probably not at this point. Mm. I don't know. I don't think they're going to confuse the quarterback room any more than it has to be. You got a guy that's a good backup. I mean, they're getting to the point where they need to play AJ McCarron regardless here soon. But you don't think the Texans are a possibility? No way. That's like that sounds like such NFL propaganda. Like the league office sent a letter to the Texans, Bob McNair, like, "Hey, you've been in trouble with all the black player talk and kneeling for the anthem. Uh, why don't you make a comment and have somebody circulated around that maybe we might sign Colin Kaepernick?" That's I don't believe any of that. Totally political bullcrap. So I've shown two clips, and in both of them, I was correct and Sims was wrong. Which I'll be honest, it's becoming a theme on this show. <laughs> Uh, but I need to show there was two swing games that a lot of money changed, and the other one was Washington-Seattle. Let's see what we predicted in that game. Seattle Seahawks favored by 300. 300 points, $300 I'm putting on the Seattle Seahawks. And what I'm going to say here is this. If you thought the Giants' injury report was bad... 
Damn, that was a loud scream. That was. I'm just saying that everybody is banged know, up. Scary. And now you're playing the Seahawks yeah. in Seattle. Yeah. You know who I don't think is tough at all? Right. Josh Doxson. Right. You know who he's about to face? Richard Sherman. I am on the other side of that argument, though. Holy shit. 120 on the Washington Redskins. Uh, first of all, Washington's defense is good. I mean, plain and simple. They're not going to just let Seattle run up and down the field on them. That's not going to happen. And I just think it's too many points for me to say Seattle's going to blow them out and win by more than seven. I totally forgot that I took a shot at Josh Doxson until I looked back at that. And I was like, and of course, he lays he out <laughs> and catches that ball. And I, I'll take back everything I said about Josh Doxson. It's like the second or third time this year that he's made an incredible catch. I wish he made that catch on Monday night against the Chiefs because right. yeah. then it really would have been payback. solidified. Yep. But what a catch by Doxson. What yep. a play by Kirk Cousins. That entire that drive. And the defense with Greg Minuski for Washington yeah. continues to go into situations Chiefs, uh, Raiders, and perform better than we can expect yeah. with so Even many the Cowboys game. And for the Redskins offensive line, mm-hmm. no left tackle, no left guard, no center. Shout out to Bill Callahan, yes. who is, we've always heard, one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. Yep. Jay Gruden and his staff continues to go out there and play better than we expect. Washington is not going away. Seattle continues to show problems. But uh, Kirk Cousins, yeah. does he just continue to earn money with these performances? He does. I, I mean, again, this. I mean, I, let's, I know you and I have been saying this, Lefko. I mean, come on. I mean, he's definitely one of the in the top half of football for quarterbacks. So, you know, Redskins just got to get on with it. And he needs to get on with it, too, and sign up. The 49ers got Garoppolo. You're not going back with your old buddy Kyle Shanahan. You got a good thing in Washington. I know it hasn't been perfect. You know, my dad's career didn't get off to the greatest start ever with Bill Parcells and the Giants, either. Get over it. You can still win a Super Bowl with the uh, the Redskins. And, um, yeah, the Redskins are... They're, man, the Redskins, I really think when they're healthy, if they can just weather this storm a little bit, they're, again, one of the better teams in the NFL. They really are. I mean, the NFC East has got some physical football play yeah, right do. now. And, yeah, uh, listen, I know the, the Blair Walsh project I was going twice. to say, how could you be the team that watched Blair Walsh right. lose a playoff game with like a 25-yard field goal and then go, timeout? We're going to sign that guy. <laughs> why, why do they do that? Why do they get rid of Hauschka? Why would you put this guy in such an important position? I, I, you know, sometimes kickers get the yips, and I guess they thought he was over the yips, but apparently not not yesterday. And, and that was the game. That was the game. It really was, yes. I mean, you know, yeah, two field goals early on like that certainly would have put Washington in a tough spot. The thing that, that, is, that is amazing to me, once again, too, I mean, damn. Does Russell Wilson got to do everything? Oh. Is it unbelievable? I mean, again, we're just the stat line alone, everybody, it's 297 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 77 yards rushing. He doubled any running backs, uh, running yards. Chris, had, Chris Carson right. is still the leading rusher for the Saints this season, and he hasn't played. The Seahawks. The Seahawks, yeah. and he hasn't played in like six weeks. Right. It's This is... Uh, it's it's just too much pressure on Wilson every week, and he's going to be able to deliver more weeks than not. But when teams get equal in talent, it becomes very hard. So I have questions. You know I do about the about Seattle. I mean, plain and simple, I don't know how anybody could say like, are you really going to sit here and tell me that they're better than the Eagles, the Saints, the Vikings, the Rams, Carolina, or Dallas? 
To me, no. They're not at this point. I'm sorry. Uh, you were talking, though, about Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And I went to the Jets game Thursday night. I did do a Jets cheer. Cool. It was very fun. It was fun. fun, right? Oh, the, the fireman was back. 42 had it going. I know. He I did. Saw and he had the J-E-T. I did a few of those. Yeah. I watched a few fights. I saw a Jets fan cheer when Zay Jones got hurt. And you I felt went, like and you're I went, home, that, right? You I was like, in the that's Eagles why, game? I was like, that's why I can't go to football games. <laughs> I was just like looking around and like there were people and I was just like I can't handle oh, this. I brought my wife to a Jets playoff game once early on in our marriage and I I can't even lie. I was sitting in the stands and I was going, "Man, I made a mistake." I do not want to ever feel like I'm above fans. Like my dad goes to Eagles games all the time. Right. And I you know what? Like I've gotten into fights at an Eagles preseason game. I instigated it. I'm not going to lie. It was before I was working here. I was a young whippersnapper and a Panthers fan was yelling at an Eagles fan and I got in his face and he got kicked out and I and people were patting me on the back and I was like, "Yeah, F you." You got him kicked out cuz you were a dick. No, no, no. I didn't get kicked out, but you know No, who, you got him kicked yeah, out. Yeah, who do they eject? Yeah, they, they eject got the, the opposing team, yeah. right. But no, I was that goon, but I was sitting there Sunday night and this woman was sitting there with her 2-year-old child and she goes, "Let's go." Buffalo and the oh. whole thing and then I'm telling you by the second quarter Jets fans were a booing oh what the fuck and I'm sitting there going man this is crazy man you can't bring two year olds to a Jets game or an Eagles game <laughs> no. okay because my dad would never let me go to Eagles games when he was playing and we were growing up yeah. we'd go on to get on the train and go to Redskin games on yeah. a Sunday morning the Eagles are even closer to you know North Jersey not gone he would always be like no D- Diana Diana <laughs> But you, we, you can't go to Philadelphia and sit in the stands. I mean, you can't do it. They'll, they'll kill you. <laughs> well, plus we all Sims. we all know <laughs> whose son you would be. I mean, everyone yeah, knew. Yeah, I would stick out a little bit. Yeah, yes. little Casper Ghost is walking. It's got to be a Sims kid. <laughs> uh, but a lot of Jets fans were asking, "Is Kirk Cousins coming to the Jets?" Hmm. Now there was a report from Adam Schefter uh, that came out about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not guaranteed he's going to be a Niner. Something could happen with the franchise tag. You're hearing something about that as well. I don't hear anything about this. Okay. This is just what I think. All right, this is a Sims I, opinion. I know Kyle Shanahan well. I know that. I haven't talked to him in five weeks. I'm just telling you, I know his brain a little bit because I've known him for 20 years. And I know how much you like Kirk Cousins. And I'm just saying, with this one, I still wouldn't put it out. Of, first of all, who reported that? Schefter? Shefty. Oh, well, Schefter's talking to the Shanahan's. He wrote Mike Shanahan's book. So there's a clue for you, okay? All right. All right. Anytime there's been <laughs> Kyle Shanahan news or 49ers news, you know who's broken it the quickest? Shefty. So, okay. All right. So what are you telling me? So what I'm telling you is by connecting the dots of my lifelong journey through the NFL, <laughs> that I wouldn't be shocked if they signed Garoppolo or franchised him at some point and then traded him to the Redskins after the year to get Kirk Cousins. I don't think that's off the table by any stretch of the Do imagination. Do you think that's smart, though? Because I feel like Garoppolo is a better fit and he's younger physically, and he costs less. I, I think you're right. Physically, I do. I agree. He's probably a better physical fit for what Kyle wants oh, to roll do. Roll out, play action, bootleg. But Kyle and Kirk, they have a special relationship. Kirk knows that offense. They and, love each other. And yeah, there's, you know, there's something to be there. Hey, l- listen, there, I, I get it. When you have a play caller that you trust and he trusts you, there's a good relationship. Pick up your phone. Hello, phone. Hey, Chris. It's uh, it's your buddy Kyle. Hey, Kyle. And uh, you know, I'm in this weird situation. Uh, we made this great trade, second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, right. but I just talked to Washington, and they'll send us Kirk Cousins for Jimmy. And I'm curious, best friend Chris Sims, whose initials are tattooed on my leg, <laughs> what would you do? Uh, well, first of all, win a game, okay? Let's oh, just win a game. First, of course, okay? of course, of course. But uh, I think I would go 
with Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, but yes. I have this amazing relationship with Kirk Cousins. Like, we work together, I I helped draft the kid, and I gave him a lot of guidance, and I just trust him. I, I, I get it, but I, I really think Garoppolo's skill set, Kyle, fits your offense even better, and you're taking tremendous risk if Kirk Cousins comes to town and isn't good, and then Jimmy Garoppolo goes to D.C. and tears it up. Man, mm. that's going to be your ass, and that six-year contract might go to two or three. You just said I haven't... Pick up the phone. Oh, sorry. I, I haven't won yet. And I really want to win, and I trust the guy that I know because I don't look at me. I'm not here, but I trust the guy that I've worked with, and I need to get these wins. The trust tree, circle of trust. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would still go with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> okay, I would. I would go with Garoppolo. Uh, but again, like I said, I think that is an interesting thing to keep everybody's eye on. I got no inside info there. I just been around this game a long time. The question is, what do you think John Lynch is thinking? Oof. I don't know. They're, they they got to be, I feel for my friend, of course. I picked them to win yesterday. I thought this might have been their I chance. I got that one, too. Damn, I know. Adrian Peterson, 37 carries. Where friendships go kill you in the pick segment. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, it just it's this is the predicament they're in as the 49ers. Can you even feel good about throwing Jeremy Garoppolo? I mean, they can't protect the quarterback. That's what would scare me. He might get killed Bethard if he's out there. was killed yesterday. Killed. And you're going to put Garoppolo in that? I know. So what are you scary. doing there? I'm not putting up. I'm not putting Garoppolo in there yet. I'm really not. They got the Giants this week, I believe, so they can maybe win the football game. They're they're really in a spot though. I don't think. I'm not sure they can win a game with C.J. Beathard a quarterback. That's either. the tough thing. I think Garoppolo could get them a win, but I don't want Garoppolo to get hurt because as soon as Garoppolo goes in. He ain't coming out. They need to win in one game, though. I'm putting Garoppolo in. I'm doing it. Against Giants. Yeah, I'm doing it. Man. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of you have been asking about the hot seat, and don't forget, coming up, we are going to have the Joey Bosa interview. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast. And if you'd like to get comments to me, I know that there's people right now in Facebook that are saying, I'm in Spain, I'm in England, I can't, you don't see our iTunes. I don't. Go to Instagram, follow me at Adam Lefko, DM me. I see all of them. I might not respond to all of them because I get a lot, and I will collect. Them oh, you're such a big deal. It's not great. It's not fun when you get messages where it's like, your, your picks suck. And I'm like, ah, oh, I love you. Have a great day. Good thing I don't do it. Uh, but So hit me up, and then also subscribe and listen to the podcast, because Joey Bosa was fun, and we talked about bench press, and he's doing protein, protein sponsorships, yes. because he's a protein. True meathead. Yeah, he's a meathead. Um, yes, Jake Allen going down in the And DM. we called him that to his face or his ears, yes. so he knows that. Let us talk about coaches that are on the hot seat, and let's run through the six names and whether or not you think they should stay or go. Right. First one, Ben McAdoo. Ben mm, mm, McAdoo. Should uh, he stay or should he go? What do you think? Ben McAdoo, stay or go? Holy shit, he's got to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just don't look good right now. Well, wait, that team's got no business being one and seven. I mean... I understand they lost Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Marshall. Uh, I hopefully everybody realizes now that Odell Beckham Jr. was the offense the last few years. Thought he was the offense, the whole entire thing, and uh, it's just a bad look, right? I mean, the, he doesn't look good in the press conferences right now. Janoris Jenkins suspension, DRC, all issues. We were talking about this in the Gridiron Heights meeting. Yeah. Do you remember in Mighty Ducks two, Emilio Estevez? You lost me at two. Okay. Well, okay. the first one, he's a scrappy young coach. Right. The second one, he comes in and he's wearing a suit and oh, he has his hair slicked back. Big time. And the team sucked. Right. Ben McAdoo, Mighty Ducks too. 
just coming in thinking he's hot shit off met off Derner, what up giants fans they want him fired him too yeah yeah it's just over he so, doesn't. He can't do anything. No, it's it's it does not look good, and they're not going to do it mid season. But I, I would think that the Maras are probably going to start working the back channels just to see if anybody out there is worth it. Josh McDaniels. Oh, he would be next the guy. coach of the New York Giants. Josh McDaniels with OBJ ready to go. Yeah, maybe. Yes. Uh, next one, Dirk Cutter. Tampa Bay Buccaneers off to another slow start after a hard knocks where there were so many expectations, and I picked them to win the South like an idiot. Stay or go. I think he's got to go as well. Uh, I just think when for I don't want to blame Cutter for everything for being two and six. This is not the most talented team in football, but again, I think it's the way they're losing. Um, Jameis Winston, as you alluded to earlier, it almost looks like he's regressing to a degree, I, and he's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, right? Cutter. And exactly right. And yes, when you have Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson and OJ Howard, and your offense isn't tearing it up now, statistically they're towards the top of football with yes. offensive yards. But it's a lot of meaningless bullcrap yards. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't look good, and I, I think he's going to go, and it's all said and done. Uh, John Fox, coach of the Bears, who we've liked the Bears a lot this year, yes. but a lot of people are talking about moving on from Foxy. I, I I don't see it. I mean, I wouldn't do it yet. I don't think it's time to hit the eject button. Uh, again, the defense is awesome. They got a young quarterback. The biggest issue, again, is not necessarily John Fox's issue. They've missed on guys like Kevin White. They got no receivers around him, Mitch Trubisky, to really help him out. It's it's Fox it's, is winning games with his quarterback completing four passes. That's what I mean. They're winning the game by just playing old school football. And so. they're competing and beating teams like the Panthers. They're they're hitting above where they should be, I think. I, I would agree. And, and yeah. They defense? could be a, you got you get if they sign a free agent receiver, maybe get one in the draft next year. I mean, watch out for the Bears. Trubisky's good. He's also the only guy on this list that his side of the ball is holding up their end of the bargain. Like, McAdoo's offense, not good. No. Cutter's offense, not good. Fox's defense, good. Yes. Next one, Hugh Jackson. Offense, not, not good. good. You're right, and he's got to go. And again, it's not all Hugh's fault because the team is not great. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just look at it like this. And again, I want to clarify. I don't want any of these guys to get fired. No. I'm just telling you what I think's going to happen. Yeah, these are predictions. Right. We don't want this to happen. No, he was a good dude. Uh, I just think that Cleveland's to the point now where what are they won in the last 25 or 26, whatever it may be, that they need a new look. You need a new face to the organization. You need a new energy in the building altogether. The front office better go first. I know that, but Hugh uh, probably needs to go as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting, especially with all these rumors. Sashi Brown came out today and said, you can ask my kids and family where I was Monday night. I wasn't at home because people were saying that, you know, oh, you guys left early and that's why you didn't get the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Mm. I think they're also f- succumbing or falling to the everything in Cleveland is everybody's fault. Right. And it's, it is a snowball. I don't know how you stop that. I don't know how you change the culture. Uh, maybe Carson Wentz would have been one of those people that was a culture changer, but it is tough. Yep. Next one, still in Ohio, that the culture has been the same way for a long time. He is the second longest tenure coach in the NFL, only behind Bill Belichick, and he is the only coach in the top five most tenured that does not have a playoff win. His name is Marvin Lewis. Fifteen seasons. Is this the last one? I do think it is, and I, and I think maybe he might just even retire, too. I don't, I'm not going to put that out of the realm right. of possibilities, but again, I just think uh, they've hit the point now after 15 seasons. Uh, they play tough every week. I give them credit. They're physical and tough, and they compete every week. But I do think they're at the point where it, it's time for a new look as well. And I mean that for Marvin Lewis and the quarterback position. It, it's time. It's over. Sorry. 
Last one. Another one that I'll tell you what, our NFL... Uh, leader Colin McCullough, yeah. he's been calling for Chuck Pagano's head for a while. Mm. Uh, the whole Bruce Arians thing. Where are you with Pagano and the Colts? Grigson's gone, and they're three and six this year. Yeah, I, I again, I'm not going to sit here and totally b- blame uh, Chuck Pagano. I think he's a good football coach. Those teams that they went to the playoffs, that went to the AFC Championship game, they weren't bad teams. I mean, I want to say not bad teams. They weren't good teams. But he got them there. Pagano's a good coach, but I do think he's going to go as well. All for the same reasons we said with all the other guys. It just there comes a point where it becomes stale, and they haven't had a lot of success re- recently, and you just need a new message within the locker room. Yeah, And it's not his fault. Andrew Luck got hurt, and they botched that decision. He's not the doctor. He's not in charge of that. Uh, and then, yeah, he got screwed with Ryan Grigson as his GM, too. But I think at the end of the day, he will go just because they're going to want a new fresh look. And that was honestly the same reason why I felt about Jameis Winston. I feel like his act has gotten stale. Yeah. And I think I saw Golden Tate, some some internet account posted Jameis Winston's thing right. and was like, man, thank God this isn't my quarterback. And Golden Tate was like, hell yes, I Oof, wouldn't want that. Man. It's just, I think sometimes yeah. when you're giving a speech so many times, eventually... It doesn't. No one listens anymore. Right. You know, Bill Belichick. Everyone listens because he has a track record of it working. Yeah. But if you keep saying, "Trust me, it'll work. Trust me, it'll work. Trust me, it'll work." When I watched that Jeff Fisher, uh, like All or Nothing documentary yeah. on Amazon, and each week he kept going, "Let's just stick with it. It'll turn around." And you've lost five in a row. Yeah. Eventually, people aren't going to believe you anymore. No, not. And the NFL, a lot of it's about belief. It is. It's totally about belief. It, it, again, you you gain confidence as the year goes. That's why early season wins are so important. And a lot of people. Right now, Pavel Oswald, Tommy Olsen saying, What about Mike McCarthy? The Giants, excuse me, the Packers and the Seahawks are in a vortex where it's impossible to get out. The Packers, oh, they keep winning because of Aaron Rodgers, but they don't coach. And then if they lose, but we didn't have Aaron Rodgers, so <laughs> right. how could I be judged? Right. If they don't have Russell Wilson, how could we win? But they don't coach for Russell Wilson. And that's more of a Bevel thing than a yeah. Pete Carroll right, thing. Right. But it's McCarthy is in this vortex where how are we going to judge them mm-hmm. with no Aaron Rodgers? Mm-hmm. But would you put McCarthy on that list? Is he on the hot seat or no? Not yet. No, he's not. But I will be looking to evaluate his team as we go forward into tonight against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they had a week off. What's going to be the new approach on offense? What are you going to do? Because they got to change it. Yeah, if they go out there with Hundley on Monday Night Football and do a little bit of RPO and use his mobility as Mm -hmm. a strength and start stretching the ends of the defense with Aaron Jones, who I think is a very good outside runner, and, and put pressure on the Lions on offense, I will go, wow, McCarthy, you did it. Yeah. But I don't believe it. Who is your pick for tonight? I picked Detroit. I think so it's like 28-24, something like that. I think that the pa- the Lions fixed their red zone woes. I looked at it. Packers are one of the worst red zone defenses in the NFL. Yeah. And the Steelers were one of the best because right. they're zone defense. Right. I think they figured out tonight. Three random things before we go, and it's the Joey Boza interview, which you should download <laughs> and subscribe to the podcast. First thing, there is a chance next week, and it looks like it's going to happen, that in the Bucks jets game, Josh McCown faces his old team in the Bucks, and Ryan Fitzpatrick faces his old team in the Jets. Yeah. It's a super revenge quarterback game. That's hilarious. It is going to be awesome. That is hilarious. And you know what? Josh McCown has been great. Yes. He has really played well He's this year. He's been really good. He's had some really bonehead mistakes a few times, like the Dolphins interception at the end of the game. But that yes, was he's done some good things. Uh, this is a random stat. Every team that the Texans have played the following week that team has lost. Huh. 
Up next, they just played the Colts. The Colts play Pittsburgh. The Colts will lose. Well, they're going to lose, yes. But every single week that the Colts have, the, the Texans have played a team, that team has then lost the following week. That's funny. So go Moneyline Steelers because the streak will continue. Yeah. Interesting. I, I got nothing to say there. It's just interesting. It's not for you to say anything. Right. It's just a random stat. And the last one is, have you seen Dion's response, Sanders, to Tony Romo? In the game, Tony Romo came out and said, Marcus Peters, you know, the problem is is that he's not willing to tackle. He makes Deion Sanders look like a great tackler, to which Deion Sanders on NFL Network said, I wanted you to keep my name out of your mouth, and I'm supposed to take the high road, but I don't know the address. Tony Romo, you are 2-4 and four in the playoffs. You haven't done anything. I earned a gold jacket. What have you earned? We both work for CBS. I'm supposed to take the high road. But again, I don't know the address. He came hard at Tony Romo, and it made me think that there was something else that this has happened before. That it sounds like Deion Sanders was in Tony Romo's like vocabulary, and Tony was talking about him. I'm just curious, what do you think about Deion coming? Because I'm, I'm telling you, it was even harder than I'm saying right now how hard he came at him. Man, uh, I guess my first reaction is, yeah, he didn't need. I mean, I don't think Tony Romo meant that in a bad way you know what i mean i mean again Deion sanders didn't get voted into the hall of fame because they were like hey did you see his tackling or i mean nobody was grading him for his missed tackles so you're either. saying that tony romo was accurate but i'm saying what do you think about Dion coming after him yeah i wonder if there is a history there somewhere be. i mean Dion does live still in the dallas area uh maybe there is something there but man yeah uh, i mean I don't think he meant it in that bad of a way. I mean, there's a lot of top corners throughout our history who didn't like to tackle. I mean, we know that. You can't be you can't have everything always. So I just it's it's interesting. It is. It I'm is. really curious. Yeah. That was I, I Romo oh, listen, I like listening to Romo. I really do. He explains the game in a nice way. Uh that must have been a tough thing for him to start that game yesterday. I mean, you saw he was like crying because they played like a video tribute to him on the board. I will say this. I don't like Jerry Jones. I don't. I think he's going to become Al Davis. Yeah. But I will say this: if I ever need to be honored, right. or I need someone oh, to throw a yeah. party, Jerry Jones is not holding anything back. No. I mean, his Hall of Fame party. I think who did he have performing? Justin Timberlake. Somebody like that. And like you two or right. some shit. Right. Jerry Jones will throw you a party. He will. And he made Tony Romo cry. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. All right. So guys, thank you so much. As always, love you a lot. Joey Bosa is coming up next. If you're listening to the podcast, I will post this on YouTube tomorrow. So go to YouTube, search Adam Lefkoe. I post every single video. Videos on YouTube are like in the thousands, and I'm not even talking about it. So check it out. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Joey Bosa up next for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fender Keats, say good evening, and I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And we will be back. Episode 139 coming later this week with Phil Sims. Love you guys. Enjoy Monday Football. Joey Brosa. Do, 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 do. Joey Bosa. Bo, 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 bo. Joe, what up? Not much, guys. How you doing? Do you remember us? You snailed me at the Super Bowl before the draft. Bleacher Report. I remember you. You do remember or you don't? I say I do. All right. That's good. I just wanted to make sure. Hey, you Fuck could, yeah, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, welcome to the party. You remember us. You can say whatever you want on this. I mean, cock, balls, shit, whatever you want. You oh, can say it all. Damn it. All right. All right. I'll remember that. All right, good. <laughs> Make sure you use one of them at some point. We are now joined by the broiest bro of all time. And let me tell you, he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And the reason that we have him is because of a company that only would sponsor 
Joey Bosa. And the name, of course, is Metrics. Sims was a Metrics guy. Yeah. I enjoy a good amount of protein. And I want to know right now, Bosa, you're just a po- protein hound, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, every phase of the game is important, including supplementing. So, I mean, to take me to the next level, obviously I need to be partnered with a company like Metrics to, to help me get there along with my training and practice and all that shit. No. Hey! <laughs> bro, so, bro, so, bro, so. Uh, okay, so that that's awesome. I used to do that too, like the metrics. metrics packs. I used to, you know, do that, make the shake. I mean, you were just like the absolute perfect spokesman for protein. All right, first thing I want to know, okay? Thank you. Thanks, I guess. I guess, thanks. Yeah, I'm saying you're a meathead. I'm a meathead too, so don't take that in the wrong way, okay? Um, but we know that people take Bosa for granted and he's really smart. And I, I love that. But yeah. we still think you're a meathead. I, I, what is, like, uh, when you go in the weight room, like, during the <laughs> season, are you, like, trying to move weights? Like, or are you just trying to maintain? Do you actually, like, challenge yourself with, you know, maybe 350, 400 pounds on the bench? How do you go about your training for the season? Uh, well, I train off per- percentages. So it goes from heavy, medium, heavy, light. Right. And, uh, pretty much fluctuates throughout De- depending on the day or the week and it all it, it, it can go either way and like what day do you usually pick the day to go the heaviest and the hardest on it all depends pretty much how my body's feeling so it's not really set in stone we we work around how i'm feeling and like i said we work off of percentages right percentages. so like a light week uh it'll be 70 to 75 percent of my max okay. so and then a heavy week will be about 90 so what do you do in your bye week uh, bye week. I mean, I'm still here training uh, out here with metrics. Obviously, uh, I took a few days off. Um, probably gonna golf a Ooh. Five days, but uh, other than that, I'll be working out and training and getting ready for next week. So we do our part to to say, hey. East Coast bias, shut your mouth. Talk about the whole NFL. We've been talking about Bosa and Ingram, you two ballers, for the better part of the whole season. You got eight and a half each. You have more sacks combined than 21 teams in the NFL, which is amazing. And I was thinking, do you guys have a nickname for each other, for your group? Uh, no. Do you guys have an idea? We want to start it. We're going to put this out. So Sims and Lefko fans that you're listening, hit us up and hit Bosa up on Twitter. And let me hear your best names for a duo of Bosa and Ingram. Like the first one that came to mind is the Bash Brothers, but that's been taken before. Yeah. But I wasn't sure, Bosa, if you guys have tried out anything. No, not yet. Do you guys not have any ideas? No, we did. We literally came in with nothing. We came in with nothing, but we're, we, we're going to figure it out, and we're going to leave it to our audience here at yeah. the podcast. I don't think I don't think you're allowed to come up with your own nicknames. All right, so we'll come up. Like we call uh, Howard and Tariq Cohen. We call them the Hebrew and the Hammer because Tariq Cohen <laughs> sounds like a Jewish name. I'm allowed to say that I'm Jewish. Hey, well, and then, I'm Italian, so we could do something like that. Say it again. I'm Italian, so can we do something like that? I mean, Ooh. I did think about you know the fact that it's one great white pass rusher and one great black, pa- uh, black pass rusher, like something like racial harmony coming off the edge. Ebony and Avery, no. <laughs> so hold on, this actually goes into something that Sims and I have talked about. Sims used to say that when the scouting report would come in, that all the guys on the team would laugh because all the white guys were listed as high motor guys and all the black guys were listed as athletic freaks. And we're like, well, Bosa is an athletic freaks. Do you still see that stuff on your scouting reports? No, but I, it's definitely, 
It's definitely true. I it's mean, hilarious, right? Smart player. Yeah. Always, always playing hard. It's it's funny to see stuff like that. Is it is it every week? Is it every week with that stuff? Say that again. Like, do you notice that every week? Is it just like a funny thing to laugh about? Oh no, they they don't say that shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, they don't. And, and I'll say, when you were coming out in the draft, people were always saying, "We do the draft. We do the you yeah, know all the first three rounds." And I was always going. Man, this guy is not like Mr. High Motor Technician. He is a true athletic freak. So you're right. They're not saying it anymore. I think everybody realizes what you are. Um, okay, I wanted to have like some fun with this. First of all, you sacked the unicorn last week. <laughs> what did he smell like? Yeah, what did Tom Brady smell like? What did he say like? to you? What did he say? Well, he was arguing that he wasn't down, so that, uh, <laughs> that, that's about it. He, was argue, he argued with the ref that he wasn't down? <laughs> I'm surprised the ref didn't grant him his wish. <laughs> You're right. They usually grant the unicorn his wish. You're right. Yeah. It's very frustrating because he seems like he gets away with more than any quarterback in football. Yeah, but he's he's pretty unbelievable. Yes, I know. He really is. Okay, and then added to that, uh, I'm just interested because I always like to ask guys like you these type of questions. Um, like who's who's your two years or year and a half in the league right now? Like left tackle, who's the one guy that's given you the most problem matchup wise that you're just like, damn, he is tough. Um, gotta go with Joe Thomas when I played him last year. Right. What and what about it? Like what what made it so brutal against him? He's just a technician. He's been playing the game for so long, and he's so calm back there. He's seen everything. So, I mean, by the time. At least last year, I got out of my stance. He was standing back there waiting for me. <laughs> right. That's he's unbelievable. All right, hold on. Have you been in Philip Rivers' video van? Uh, no, but I've seen it. He told me about it originally back uh, when he was thinking about getting it. How does how does he speak? Because we've we've interviewed Philip Rivers for like a like a long like an hour long session. I love his accent. So like, what did he tell you about it? Uh, just how he's going to get. Driven up by a guy named we call Chief around around the facility every day, commute. Um, that he's got, he comes in early anyway. So instead of coming in early, he'll just watch film on the way up. Man, he's got a guy driving him around named Chief, which I love, which is amazing. Uh, so you have you seen it though? Native American. What'd you say? He's not a Native American. Either. He's just a guy that you call Chief. That's what I call people when I forget their names. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, so your new defense this year. I just want to ask you about that. Like you're playing in that Seattle scheme. How much has that changed your approach to what you were in last year? Do you like it more or less? What's your feel on it? Uh, it's really not too huge of a difference for me. Same, similar techniques out five technique, six technique, nine out wide. So it's really. Not huge of a difference. Okay, all right. And then, like, just as far as, uh, again, another thing, like you and Melvin Ingram, of course, are awesome. You're arguably the best duo in the game. If you have to turn on the film once a week to watch one other pass rusher in football that you respect or that somebody you constantly watch just to maybe take moves, who's the guy you turn on or or like their game uh, the most coming off the edge? Man, that's that's tough – I probably like watching Aaron Donald the most. Wow. Yeah, he is unbelievable. What what is it? You just just like seeing him create havoc in the middle of defenses and offenses? Just the way he wins on guys is is pretty crazy sometimes. The way he uses leverage and how powerful he is is pretty sick to watch. Yeah, it's funny you say that. 
because Todd Gurley came on last week and he said he's like the freakiest guy in the team yeah, and does. it's not even close. Like you, you're constantly watching him. So for here you say that, yeah, you're just you're amazed at what his size and his power output to be able to do that to bigger people. Yeah, I mean he's strong and explosive and all that, but just the way he uses it, technique wise, uh, I I love watching him the way he uses his hands. And I mean, obviously he's a freak of nature when yes. it comes to how compact and explosive he is. Right, but. right. And he's got a high motor. <laughs> uh, so you've played now for two different coaches in the NFL, uh, and I'm curious, do you think Urban Meyer could coach in the NFL? Um, I think he, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> um, I was going to say probably, but I don't think he'd want to. Why? He likes uh, maturing guys, and I don't know, he likes... He likes being the total dictator? Freshman turning into a senior. Right. I feel like, I, and you don't, you don't get that as much. Guys are all over the place in the NFL, and you don't have the same relationships. Can I ask, because like, it's so funny, Like as a, as a fan, I'm the fan, Sims played, and I always think, oh, a team is a team is a team. How how different has it been for you, man? Like, just what what is a team like in the NFL compared to a team like in college? It was different last year, pretty pretty significantly different. But this year, especially after the last three weeks or three weeks prior to last week, uh, I mean, it's been really been coming a team atmosphere and and a great culture around. Uh, so I've been really happy this year. Uh, I, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, it does. It seems like you guys got some mojo going. The ultimate bro, Joey Brosa. Joey Brosa. Joey, if you put your pound out right now to pound, I'd snail the shit out of you. <laughs> you know, I actually do that to everybody. It's To me, it's perfect because they're like, oh, I'm going to get a pound and then destroyed. I'm going to do it as soon as I leave. Brosa, you are the man. Uh, we're honestly really proud, not just because we've said all along during the draft that you were a can't miss and then you've made us look really smart, but because we know that you're a good dude that just wants to go out there and kick ass and you're doing that and you're kicking ass with metrics and we appreciate your time, my man. Thanks, guys. Good luck, man. Go get 20 sacks. You can do it. I will. All right, bro. Be good. All right, brother. All right. Talk to you later. See ya.